0: and your expertise, what do young aspiring tradespeople seem to value most when they're evaluating a potential career opportunity? It's a, it's a taxing position on your body
1: physically and, you know, we may not be able to sustain that forever. So what does that look like within this organization? How can I grow within this organization? What does life look like beyond the field?
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Business Savvy, our educational podcast for field service and home service business owners. I am your host, Nick Worker. Now, I'm sure a lot of the business owners listening to this podcast have interest in expanding their team this year. Uh, Unfortunately, the process of hiring new workers has become a bit complicated, as many industries have been dealing with labor shortage issues. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking with Sean Weiss, a coach and trainer for the Business Development Resources Company, He's going to be walking us through why these labor shortage issues are taking place in the first place and what growing companies can do to overcome them. Sean Weiss, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Glad to be here.
0: I appreciate you being here. I'm glad that you're here. Um, I find this topic really interesting. Uh, You know what? And I'll talk about this in a little bit is is I'm experiencing uh, a labor shortage myself when it comes to uh, hiring. Obviously, we have a call center here. and it's, it's difficult to find people. So I, I, I want to get into that. Can you first introduce yourself to the audience? Um, tell us a little bit about your experience working in industries like HVAC and plumbing uh, before I talk your ear off. Yeah, no worries. Uh,
1: so I have been in the plumbing and heating and air industry since uh, 2004, 2005, something like that. Uh, kind of got into it by accident. Uh, never had dreamed of being in this industry. Uh Grew up with uh, dreams and aspirations of being a rock and roll star, and uh, when all that failed, um, I found myself with a connection that uh, that uh, had a need, and uh, and so he brought me into this industry, and uh, it sucked me in, and I've been here ever since. So, um, you know, I've 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 owned my own business in the past, successfully ran businesses, um, and uh, throughout the whole entire process of that, um, you know, being a Completely unfamiliar with this industry, uh, needed some uh, individuals or companies to rely on, and came and came in contact with uh, with BDR, with Business Development Resources, uh, a number of years ago, and really leveraged them to help me avoid some of the pitfalls and mistakes that uh, I knew I was going to make without some uh, direction here. So, had a great relationship with them over many years, and uh, the opportunity came uh, came about uh, back in 2015 to join the team. And so I jumped at it, and uh, and have been with uh, with BDR for about a uh, se- little over seven years now. And um, with them, have grown uh, from a primarily a coaching role um, and working with clients through, uh, across the country uh, into some training opportunities. So in conjunction with the with the business coaching, uh, I also do training and uh, specifically um, deal with two. Uh, of our classes, which is Top Gun Sales Excellence, uh, which goes through a great little sales process, uh, and also uh, a class formerly known as Labor Management, uh, which is now known as Workforce Optimization, which uh, more, uh, more is uh, directly uh, suited for uh, our install departments and, and managing our labor, a precious resource with our installation departments. So that, that's what's brought me here.
0: Awesome. Uh I too at one point wanted to be a uh, a rock star. More so like uh uh I don't know if it was rock music so much as it was like sad teenage angst music. Um but yeah that's that's about where I was too. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh I'm I'm curious. Like I said, I, I experienced this in, in really my day-to-day with uh with the labor shortage. So what what are some of the biggest causes of the labor shortage issues that are currently taking place? Um, as especially as it pertains to field service and, and home service industries,
1: I think it's just uh, and we we've we've looked at statistical data over the years, and really, you know, we've gotten to a point where we have been in this population decline and population trough. Um, so, I mean, that's that's one of the realities is that, um, you know, the the Gen X and uh, and millennials. Um, didn't quite, uh, there weren't quite as many of us as there had been in the past. And um, so there just uh, was a initial lack of bodies. Um, and we're, we're coming out of that now. Some of these, uh, the next generations are, uh, there's a lot more of just population. Um, but we also got away from the trades too. And it was very much frowned upon, you know, from from going into the trades. And it was uh, more of a push to go to college, which is great. And I'm all for it. Um But we had some, you know, external things that were kind of, um, uh, that we were up against. And then then I believe as an industry, you know, we didn't react fast enough concerning wages and benefits and things like that. Those have not increased over the years like they should have. And I think the statistics would show that, you know, if you you look back at um, kind of the height of where the trades were at, as far as, uh, you know, employment participation, that was back in the seventies. And if you follow kind of the wage scale, from back then, uh, with inflation uh, taken into consideration and all of that, I mean the average blue-collar worker would be making over fifty dollars an hour right now. Um, so you know, we we just haven't done a good job of of keeping those wages up and really making it um, a desirable um, career choice for some. And uh, and we see a lot of of change and reaction and realization that oh my gosh. You know we've got to we've got to do something here because you know the wages and benefits that 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 we you know have thought we could live within are just no longer a reality and um, you know it for the longest time especially in the service industry you used to see where it was uh, competition for 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 employees was really relocated to just our industry right in the plumbing and heating air and you know did a competitor get them or where are they going um, you know that's no longer the case. I mean, we're in competition for, for employees with, you know, the big box stores and your grocery store and, you know, any industry, you name it. Um, because we're seeing those wages increase exponentially, um, especially with the, the rate of which we've been experiencing inflation, um, at a rapid pace. So we've got to be on top of this.
0: It's so interesting because, uh, that's, that's especially the way I grew up is, uh, it was important to go to school and get good grades and go to a university and get a desk job and put on a tie and, and like, go be an accountant, right. Um, get the certifications through college, take out the loans. And, uh, and there was never an emphasis on, on maybe the trades would be a good, you know, career path for people, um, you know, in like the high school track at that time. And we're seeing that really catch up with us now. Um, like I have very, very few friends who are in the trades. Um, everybody I know has, uh, either a college degree or, or far beyond a college degree. So I'm curious, based on what you've seen, um, which industries, uh, do you, do you see that, like which industries seem to be struggling the most with hiring new talent, especially over the last few years?
1: Well, I mean, with, with my experience being predominantly relocated to our industry, um, you know, I I've just I've seen it in in the trade industry and with plumbing and heating and air um, way worse than it, than it has ever been. I mean, it, it, there's always been a difficulty in finding individuals, but I mean, I, I've dealt with companies um, and I'm out here in, in uh, Northern California in Sacramento, California. And I deal with a couple of companies in the Bay Area that, you know, they they run t- uh, ads on Indeed, you name it, any platform uh, work with recruit companies and, you know, they've got ads out for technicians and installers for six months and they get zero applications, you know, and, and in the past, I mean, it it was never like that. I mean, you even got something to, you know, possibly pick from. It may not be your desired candidate of choice, but I mean, you were still getting, uh, some degree of, of applicants coming through and, you know, and it was like, what happened Did the well dry up? Um, And, um, I was, uh, I was talking with, uh, with one of my clients yesterday, uh, down in the Phoenix area and really realizing that, that he's kind of in that same boat and has been running ads and he's deficient by a number of service technicians, um, and has been so for, for quite some time, so much so that it forced him back out the field and, you know, came to the realization, like, you know, hey, Sean, we've got to look at this. And uh, we've got to to figure out a way that this is a six-figure position for my service technicians, period. End of story. I'm not going to get anybody unless I can show them a path of making six figures. So uh, we spent quite a bit of time um, the other day working on that, designing that, and how we can make that work to where, you know, his 27-year-old and 22-year-old Uh, maybe 21. Yeah. It's a 21 to 27 year old technician can, uh, can earn uh, upwards of a hundred to $120,000 this year, you know, in service. So um, it's, it, it is just tough and it's, it's, it's looking at all the ways and all the options that we can, we can attract this talent because there are a lot of potential candidates out there that haven't, considered the trades for whatever reason because there's no there's no knowledge of that this can be a six figure job for for a blue collar worker. Um, and like you kind of described, an entry-level worker that can come in with, you know, little to no experience and we can we can train them up and provide them with the tools that they need to expedite that that learning curve and get them up to up to speed. So you know you really see a lot of companies that are focusing in on that, on just that. Um, but looking at, you know, what is that, what does that training path look like once we bring somebody in and how fast can we take, a, you know, somebody with a little to zero experience, but hey, we've, we found a good candidate. We've hired for attitude. We've hired for aptitude. Um, and now we could take them under our wings and, you know, in a period of, you know, three six nine twelve 12 months, whatever it may be, we can get them up to a level that we need them to be at. So, you know, um, identifying who are those uh, training champions within the service department, and how can we, you know, outside of you know, again, some of the technology you just described, but how can we leverage maybe some existing technology that we have at our fingertips, with you know, uh, FaceTime or you know, whatever, um, to be able to virtually uh, work with a number of technicians, and we've seen that uh, in a, in a couple of uh, a number of companies that basically have have. Um, uh, qualified technician, a training technician, you know, at the ready in an office, uh, ready to field all these Zoom calls and basically work with the technicians remotely um, throughout the, through the process of uh, fixing and maintaining equipment.
0: You know, I, I do want to just point out, uh, just because I was going down like memory lane in my head thinking about uh, when I was in, when I was in like, uh, like junior high and high school. I remember being in all these classes and, and the teachers would be like, you need to pay attention. You're going to be using this stuff in your job. And, and everybody likes the joke about the calculator. Like, oh, you're not going to carry a calculator in your pocket wherever you go. And now we have phones that, that can do much more than just uh, like regular addition and subtraction. But uh, they used to warn us that there would be no jobs like you got to be you got to work so hard and be the smartest and be the best and you got to get the best grades and, and you got to go to the best school and spend the most money and do this. And then you're still not even guaranteed a job. And uh, and now places literally can't get people to come in the door. Uh, and and a lot of it does have to do with with the economic factors like inflation and, and wages really have been sticky um, up until, I don't, I, like you said, people are making the same now that they were really 20 and 30 years ago. And it just, it it hasn't increased at the same level that maybe it should have in order to to incentivize people to get into the trades. But I do want to ask you, so knowing all of that, um, like what are some of the bigger mistakes currently that you see field service and home service business uh, owners make when they're attempting to hire new workers like in the current landscape? Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: well a, a number of things and I could go a, a ton of different directions in that but I think probably one of the biggest things that I see consistently is this mindset of owners have it in their head where wages should be at and and because because that's where they've always been right mm-hmm. um, and they're we're not paying attention to what's happening in the world or we are but you know we've got that Whole, well back in my day type mentality and and they're not willing to come to the reality and the realization that that you know that wages are increasing and we need to we need to be aware of that and we also need to have a plan for that in addition to that um you know there are some offsetting uh actions that need to occur. Once we get, you know, to a realization, okay, here's, here's the gap of where we need to be versus where we are and how do we bridge that gap? Um, and you know, this all boils down to, um, a price conversation at the end of it. Once we settle on, you know, what those wages look like and, you know, again, kind of going even further down this rabbit hole, once we've had the wage discussion. Um, to me, wage is just the, you know, when I'm, when I'm going out and I'm, you know, I use the analogy of fishing, when I'm going out, you know, on Indeed or any of these job, job sites and I'm fishing for new candidates, wage is just that initial initial attraction, right? It's the shiny lure or the lure's not shiny enough, right? But we haven't caught the fish yet, you know. Now we got to look at what, what are all the other benefits um, that we provide. And, and taking a look at those, you know, what's our medical dental look like? What's our retirement? What's our PTO, which is huge? Um, what's, that, what's that look like? Um, because again, those are all a component of compensation. And when we look at just wage alone and not take a look at the other benefits, we haven't really done our due diligence to, to come to uh, a realization of, uh, this is total compensation package. And once we have the total compensation package, now we need to take that and go, okay, where do I, where do our prices need to be? So that's like the second round of, of getting an owner to uh, really realize that, you know, there's a couple of different, we got to get, we got to shed that old mindset just because we pay an installer $11 an hour for years. It doesn't mean that's the reality that we're in, you know, that $11 an hour installer may be, you know, 20, 25 to start. We're not starting at 11, 10, you know, 15 bucks an hour um you know again what is that what do those benefits look like and now we've come to a a cost per hour uh, a loaded labor cost per hour for that technician and we've got to adjust our prices so that's that second round of like oh my gosh okay well i don't i can't charge that i can't get away with that and those that kind of are going to be relocated to operating in that mindset are you know we're going to we're going to pay the consequences so uh, we got to make sure that you know wages and benefits are where they need to be, and then from there, that that's going to go straight to our pricing. Now, are, are our prices uh, adjusted to match that? You take a look at uh, at McDonald's. I mean, um, you know, what does what does a worker at McDonald's make nowadays? A heck of a lot more than they did back in the you know early two thousands, nineties, and eighties. Uh, hourly, they're making a lot more. They're making above minimum wage, um, and then. Subsequently, what's the what's the price of that Big Mac running? You know, it's not two ninety nine, three ninety nine for the meal anymore. I'm, I just took my daughter through the McDonald's drive through yesterday, and if I remember correctly, it was close to ten bucks for that for that value meal, right? So they're making the adjustments, and guess what? We're still going through the drive throughs and buying a Big Mac. So um, you know, we, we we do have the the uh, the fortunate um, reality in the service industry that we are. You know we're a necessary industry, so um, and um, you know pandemic proof of sorts too. So I mean we're we're going to be here. We're here to stay. Um, and unfortunately, um, the cost of everything is going up, and you know we're no different. And we shouldn't have that mentality as owners that that we're we're the, we're the ones that have to fall on the sword here, and everybody else can raise prices. But oh my gosh, I've got to protect, I've got to protect my customers, and I can't raise prices. You know that's. We have, we have realities that we're contending with in this, in this inflation market. Our employees have realities that they're contending with, uh, with inflation. Their cost of living is increasing rapidly um, and we need to protect them and we need to make sure that they're able to um, provide for their families, provide for their future selves through retirement, whatever it may be. Um, and you know, that's going to affect us when it comes to pricing and we're going to be no different than anybody else. Uh, in this market, that's raising prices due to due to these uh, uh, ever
0: increasing costs. Uh, I want to follow up on that by asking you because um, it seems like we've been talking about the the perspective of like the business owner trying to attract a, a tradesperson um, and all the factors surrounding that. But I'm uh, in your in your expertise, what do young aspiring tradespeople seem to value most? When they're evaluating a potential career opportunity, is it is it mm-hmm. more that they want PTO or or is it wages or is it um, benefits? Um, yeah,
1: yeah, I think I, um, uh, personal time off is is a huge thing. I mean, wage is always going to be there, no doubt. There is no doubt. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the reality. Uh, um, is that wage wage is a huge portion of it. But I think it's all the additional benefits that come along with it, um, such as, you know, that work-life balance, what does that look like? And what is, what is the PTO look like? Um, you know, maybe not necessarily everybody at such a young age is very concerned about the retirement, but we, we have to have all these things in place, you know, and, and, a, and a young person may not necessarily care too much about medical dental vision benefits because, Hey, I'm still on mom and dad's plan. Um, But, you know, the wage and the PTO and just the the prospect of knowing um, that those are all there. In addition to those benefits, then I believe we really need to do a better job in our industry of showing that candidate what what the career path is within our organization. So what does that look like? Um, In addition to that, uh, as far as benefits come along with when I'm talking about, that career path. Um, what type of training programs do we have in place? What type of resources, um, what are some benefits with respect to tools? You know, do I need to buy my own tools or is the company buying them and supplying them for me, right? These are all strategies that we really need to look at. Um, so but going back to the, going back to that career path and really painting that vision. Um, what is the vision of the company? Where are we going? What does the company look like now? Um, And five, 10 years down the road, when maybe we're transitioning to, hey, um, you know, because the reality is not, it's 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 a taxing position on your body physically. And, you know, we may not be able to sustain that forever. So what does that look like within this organization? How can I grow within this organization? What does life look like beyond the field for me? Right. So um, having, having a good solid business plan with a vision of where this company is going to be in the next five, 10, 15, 20 years really allows and paints a picture for that, 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 that employee to know hey, you know, if you stick with us in 10, 15 years, you know, here's, here's what um, this business is going to look like. Here are the positions that we're going to have within this organization, and here are some potential direction for you to go, whether it's in management, in warehouse, in sales, in, um, heck, you could even get into IT, you can get into marketing. I mean, um, there, once we reached a certain level, I mean, there, you really open up the company to have a number of, of differing positions outside of just, you know, management or, um,
0: you know, a field supervisor at that point. We will be right back after this short ad.
1: My name is Joe Fisher, I'm the owner of Victorian Fence, located in Long Island, New York. I've been a Ring Savvy customer for five years. They're very professional, they know exactly what to say, and when customers call, they have no idea that it's a separate answering service. With a product like Fence, if they don't get a live person, they're just gonna call the next Fence company. With Ring Savvy, I never miss a potential new customer. Ring Savvy is an extension of our business. I like to answer my phone, but during those real busy times of year, I can let it ring on my cell phone one time. And if I'm not able to get it, it will be forwarded to Ring Savvy, where a professional sounding person will answer and take my phone call. Ring Savvy really helped me to be present, whether I'm at work or at home. My kids are young, so when I'm home, I don't want to be on the telephone and trying to resolve issues. Ring Savvy's
0: definitely given me a better quality of life. What we're talking about is, um, is, is sort of how do we entice more young aspiring tradespeople to join the trades? How do, how do we get people who are basically eligible to start their career in the trades um, to want to do that? And uh, and you present a lot of good ideas, but what, when is it appropriate to sort of lay out that career path for them? Um, does that so so for business owners, should they lay out that, that path during the interview process? Um, how do how do how do we sort of communicate that to up and coming technicians so that they know that I mean it's it's fairly obvious, right? That these positions are taxing on the body. And and that's I think a turnoff for a lot of people is I don't want to be 10, 15, 20 years older than I am now and not mobile or able to like coach my kids baseball team, softball team, basketball, whatever have you, right? Go fishing. Like what we talked about before. Um, How do we, how do we sort of communicate that to people who, who are eligible to come work in the trades?
1: I think, I think, like you said, right at the interview, right? Um, We, we need to turn that interview into really a sales and I don't want to say sales pitch, but of sorts. I mean, we're selling the opportunities that are going to be inherent within this organization now and in the future. So that takes us, uh, that takes some work on our end. We've gotta have a plan going into that. So what does that look like? What what does our plan look like for this organization in the future? And how could a prospective candidate be potentially part of that, you know? So I I think it's it's very necessary to have all that ready and at that interview process, you know, present that to them, you know? I mean, we don't have to get granular with this, but I mean, a good overview of what that looks like. What does our training program look like? How can I get you from, you know, you're, you're interviewing here with, with no experience. How are we gonna take you under our wing? What's the training path look like? Um, you know, how fast can we get you up these levels? What are, what are the pay, what's the pay current pay structure look like at those levels? Um, and then from there, you know, here's, here's a natural progression once you're out of the field, you know, maybe a field service supervisor, possibly management, possibly sales, you know, um, whatever it may look like. So here's, here's, here's the positions in our organization and, you know, we want you to succeed. Uh, we're a company that believes in promoting within first. And we always look within our organization to see who we may be able to promote within before, you know, if we have to go on a looking outside. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say straight from the get go, let them know exactly what, um, where we're at right now what our training path looks like how we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to pull you up through this we're going to grab your hand and we're going to guide you along this journey you're not going to be out there um doing it on your own we're going to work with you uh throughout this to to progress um you in your journey and then in the future you know 5 10 15 years down the road this is what this is our vision of where this company is going to be at and the size. And, you know, here's some potential. You could break down a, a simple organizational chart for them, um, you know, with just positional names and things like that and how they could begin to branch out as we grow into, you know,
0: multiple um, areas within the company. I find this really exciting um, because I was reading an article recently about uh, like the future of American retirement and how, uh, the 401k is being heavily leaned upon um, because of its many, you know, it, it's it's tax adva- advantageous to uh, like the common employee. Um, a lot of companies will offer, you know, matching. If you know what a 401k is, you put the money in uh, pre-tax and then you take it out uh, when you're eligible. I forget what age it is, but it gets taxed then, right? Um, but there used to be three avenues of, how you could basically save for retirement. It was the 401k was invented, uh, social security, obviously you pay into that and then you reach retirement age, the government sends you the money that you put into it. Um, but social security is, is currently on the decline and is really kind of failing, uh, not to be political, but that's in my opinion, that's just a fact. Um, and the thing that is missing from a lot of like, uh, Careers and jobs and organizations today is the pension. Um, the pension is has been on a steady decline for the last. I wanted to say. I I think they said three decades. Um, so a lot of a lot of career like I'll give teachers as an example. Teachers, mm-hmm. um, the the wages really don't match the amount of work that they do, and that's something that's that's an ongoing struggle. But the argument against the wages for teachers is that they get the pensions. And the 401k and the benefits, um, so on and so forth. Um, so I find it exciting that the trades, at least in in your organization, can sort of learn from um, you know the failures that we've really been making the, the last thirty years. Um, let's let's right. let's let's improve our benefits. Let's let's match what we offer to new technicians. Uh, to what they value more in life. If, if PTO is really important to people, then yeah, make it really clear and easy how the PTO structure works, X amount of days off a year, they're paid, vacations are sponsored. I don't know, you know, um, but let's, let's start bringing back um, improved benefits because we haven't had to make these changes for such a long time. Um, I am curious because this is something I, I deal with a lot, um, especially dealing with a call center, I I need a lot, I need a lot of labor. And, uh, and it's really difficult for us, especially to sort of find eligible candidates through traditional means. Um, And by traditional, I mean, you know, current, like online, Indeed, like we're talking about Monster, um, basically anywhere you can post a job. Uh, So is there any, anywhere else that field and home service business owners should be looking to find potential workers um that you've seen have more success than than what we've been trying right
1: well i think we've got a we've got a great community of current employees that have contacts out there you know friends co cowork- you know not co-workers friends family um and I, I've got one client right now that has rolled out a recruiting spiff internally in his organization. Um, and right now he, he's rolling this out for experienced candidates. So if any one of his employees brings him an experienced technician or an installer, um he's going to give that employee a spiff somewhere in the neighborhood of say and, and spiff is sales performance incentive fund fund it's a it's a bonus if you, if you will uh he's going to give them a monthly uh, spiff of 200 every month for five years provided that that hire stays on during the course of that five years in addition to spiffing the existing employee He's also going to match that spiff and spiff that new hire the same amount, two hundred dollars every month over the next five years, which which winds up being uh, essentially between the both of them a twenty four thousand dollar sign on bonus that's paid out over five years. And and when you when you back the math down, uh, it really works out to be oh gosh, I want to say something like a little over two dollar an hour raise. Uh, is what he's going to give his existing employee uh, and the new employee. Now that's again that's for an experienced candidate. But but could we do something even you know lesser for maybe just an entry level individual? But hey, we brought you brought us somebody that's that's again we're hiring for attitude and aptitude. They're the right person, you know. And could we could we offer some sort of monthly stipend or you know just. I see those that are just finding ways to be creative in all of this, um, are, are helping to kind of leverage their existing talent to get out and attract uh, new talent. Now, beyond that, um, I strongly encourage all of my companies that I work with monthly, you know, uh find your local trade schools, get involved. Um uh, uh, I volunteer to be on the, uh, an advisory council or advisory board, uh, get to know the, the job placement assistant coordinators that they have there, become friends with them. Um, I did this and, um, and had a great relationship with, with, the uh, with the lady here locally in Sacramento. And, you know, she would, she would kind of say, Hey, you know, I've got a really good one here, you know, doesn't miss, doesn't miss school, uh, always on time has great grades, you know, and I would try to kind of just scoop that cream of the crop off of there. Um, beyond that, uh, other companies uh, that I work with are, you know, doing whatever they can to work with the local high schools too. Uh, whether it's career days or little expos or just asking, hey, could we, could we do some sort of a, an expo or you know have a table at lunch where we talk to, talk to you know the juniors and the seniors and things like that. I mean, it's it's it's. Are we going to be passive or are we going to take a proactive approach here? Who wants it more? Who's going to go out and get it? Um, and we can't live in this in this facade that, that experienced talent is going to just fall in our laps. Uh, we need to go out and we need to actively pursue good, um, you know, good talent that's out there, young talent that we can bring in and train them in our ways, the way that we want to. We don't have any of those bad habits and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, finding it in any and every way that we can to go out and be proactive and not be passive in our approach and just think, oh, because we threw up an ad on Indeed, um, you know, we're actively pursuing talent. No, no, we gotta, we gotta get out there and we gotta be much more aggressive than that. And in, in some other cases where I've seen success with, uh, organizations, particularly one out here, again, that I work with in Northern California, uh, they were the ones that weren't finding any installers or, or technicians. And, um, all of a sudden had the need with, with, through growth that they needed to hire, uh, warehouse individuals. And oh my gosh, you know they put up they put up an ad for you know delivery driver, uh, warehouse, and boom, they were getting they were getting applicants left and right. And as they're hiring these applicants, they said, "Hey, you know we're also hiring for entry level technicians and installers, and here's the pay structure over here." So you had these individuals applying that had never ever gave consideration to heating and air or plumbing, going. Oh my goodness! I didn't know that I could make that much money. Here I am applying for a seventeen dollar an hour job, and you're going to offer me twenty to start. Sounds like a good idea, you know. And so um, they started just—I mean, that, they're they're running ads full time all the time for warehouse and for parts runners because again, you got people that going, hey, I could I could deliver Doordash, and you know maybe from delivering Doordash or, or Uber, and they're going, oh well, I can maybe see if anybody's hiring for. Um, any type of courier service or stuff like that, and then, boom! Here they are applying to a heating and air company, not knowing that uh, that really there's other opportunities within that organization that are going to pay quite a bit more and offer that career path, that structured career path and training path to get to uh, to get to a, a, a level of pay that they want to be at. So uh, that's been a, that's been a pretty cool tactic that I, I talk a lot with with my clients. Is hey, let's try let's try hiring for warehouse and uh, and parts runner and say oh by the way. We also are hiring over here and let them know uh, what we have, what options we have available for them.
0: You know, I, I love, it's not really a bait and switch because you're offering them a better opportunity. Um, yeah. So it's more like a bait and then, I don't know, promotion kind of, uh, Yeah. but something that you made me think of as it pertains to uh, like recruiting somebody who maybe hasn't gone to school to, to be a tech like an HVAC technician, right? Let's, let's talk about that. Um, I used to watch a TV show called suits, um, which was about this really big corporate fancy law firm and all the drama that happens inside of it. But, uh, a big portion of the show, uh, at the beginning was about recruitment and, and finding the best of the best talent as it pertained to like big law. And, uh, a lot of what would happen is they would take the best like pre-law track students at say Harvard, right? Cause Harvard has a great law school and they would say, um, if you sign this agreement to come work for us upon graduation, we'll sponsor you, uh, we'll pay you, uh, a, your tuition, a stipend and X amount of whoever knows, right. To go to law school. And when you graduate, you have to come work here for say five years, right. The five-year right. agreement. Um, why, why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we going to like uh, people who are getting ready to graduate high school and maybe don't know what they wanna do as far as uh, college or career or, or anything like that and saying, hey, we'll sponsor you, right? You sign this agreement. We'll pay for your education as it pertains to whichever trade we're, we're talking about. Um, and like a little stipend, right? Throw a little uh, spending money so that they can go to school, get educated. And then once they graduate, they're contractually obligated to work for you for at least five years. You gotta figure out the cost structure there like what we're talking about. Um, but these are simple things, right? Like we got to put the carrot back on like the stick. Um, we yeah. got to make the the lure shiny again, um, because it's no longer just put up an ad on indeed and a ton of people come through. It's why should I work for you when I can go do this and, and make the same amount of money? Oh, uh, well, what's my career path going to look like? Am I going to be totally like bodily broken in 10, 15 years? And then you throw me out. Um, so, I know we're talking about um, like sweetening the deal here, um, and I want to talk about employee retention because that's another problem that that is is sort of facing the labor market today. Is they're calling it like the great reshuffling. My wife keeps telling me, or um, what was that? The great resignation or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So so once once say say we're we're past that point, right? We've got we've we've hired a new employee. We've we've sort of improved. We've sweetened the pot for them what can business owners do to improve their odds of retaining that employee for hopefully uh, years to come? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, A, we've got to stay on top of where wages are at. Um, and I've, I've worked with clients that we've we've gone through this uh, wage assessment over the past couple of years, and we've made multiple changes to that. So where we may have topped out at, Uh, $30 an hour two years ago, maybe now that's $45 an hour, right? So always staying on top of that and making certain that we've got those wages at each level where they need to be at. Um, But I I think a lot of it boils down to communication. Um, The number one failure in most relationships has to do with the lack of communication or some sort of communication, right? And And we're in a relationship uh, with our employees here. We're, we're in this relationship. So, what, is, what does that communication look like um, from ownership or management to that employee? Uh, wh- what are they doing well? What are we working on? Um, and so, what we recommend is moving away from the old school traditional um, way of giving an employee an increase of pay, which is You know, you've been here for another year. Let's let's do your annual review. We'll sit down and, you know, there's this, you know, uh, this expectation that uh, that that employee goes in there going, okay, I'm going to get a raise because I've been here another year. Right. And so, oh, yeah, you've been here another year. Here's a couple more dollars. You know, thanks for being here a year. And we'll talk again in another year. We, we can't do that. We can't do that at all. Um, we've, we've got to improve the communication. And so moving away from from a, this annual review to, you know, we're only really getting together once a year to review how you're doing. Um, why can't we do that multiple times in a month? And And so I strongly encourage everyone to do what we refer to as one-on-ones. And it, this doesn't have to be a a huge drawn out long meeting but what it where what what are, what are we gonna work on and if we do it a couple times a month what are we gonna work on for the next couple of weeks where are you at where are you at how can I help you you know um, uh, here here's what we need to do we got we got x y and z to get you up from uh, level two to a level three um, so hey we've got a couple of weeks how can I support you how can I help you uh, and and what are you gonna be working on and we'll come back in another couple of weeks and do some follow-up you know what what are some of the things that you're doing uh, to progress yourself, whether through online training that again, I, just, just to your point, like you mentioned with the suits, you know, things that we should be sponsoring or we should be, uh, you know, paying for, um, but keeping and improving communication and making that, that, making that continual communication and really like, and I, and I said this earlier, but we got to grab their hands. We have to, we have to pull through this. We have to pull them through this. they not Everybody. Is, is a self-starter and is just going to get a hold of things and, and they're just going to, you know, take off. Sometimes there's good, good individuals that need to be, um, we need to, we need to pull, them, pull them up through this process. So um, once we've got that employee, we need to make sure that communication is, is at a peak and that we've got these dedicated one-on-one meetings happening, um, you know, at minimum once a month, if not a couple times a month, 10 to 15 minutes just to review how things have been going um and is there what are you working on um how can we how can we help you get up to the next level um and to back all this bdr recommends um moving away from uh again the traditional annual reviews but going to what we refer to as an achievement-based pay so you know really spelling it out that's part of that career path that we lay out for for technicians and installers Um, you know, here are the achievements that that need to be had. Once you have these achievements, you move up to the next level. And then we state what that pay scales look like. So they, they understand fully and completely that, um, and I don't want to say we're putting the ball in their court, but we are in a sense that, um, um, that it's on them to get these things done. Now we work with them, um, you know, month by monthly to help and assist them in getting these achievements fulfilled so that they can, Um, move up but but uh again moving away from the uh the old annual anniversary meeting and you know then the employee just arbitrarily thinks because i've been here you know a year i get another couple bucks well yeah but you were horrible for the past year so you know but they they think they've been here another year so here's a couple bucks but um moving to that achievement-based way of paying really spelling it out as to what what they need to do um, you know, over time to get in advance in their pay, uh, to get to the next, uh, subsequent levels. Uh, and then again, improving the communication and working with them constantly, um, over time to help them and, and push them, right. And encourage them, uh, motivate them, um, to, to do these things. And then, you know, always looking back and, and celebrating what they've gotten accomplished. Um, you know, I, I see that as a huge, um, advantage for companies that do that because now that we've got that employee so focused in and dialed in with us and our plan and what we together with that employee are working on for them for their progression that you know there's no there's no need to get wandering eyes or just go hmm you know let me hop on indeed and see what everybody else is doing that's stuff that we should be doing we should be doing that we should be um, what, what did Sun Tzu say? Uh, uh, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. You know, as organizations, we should be studying our competition, knowing where they're at, and you know, at the very least, be on par with them, if not, you know, uh, preferably above them, um, so that, that that grass never appears to be greener. We put what we we call it at BDR, putting the golden handcuffs on our employees. What are those golden handcuffs that we can we can lock them in with? Communication, staying on top of um, wages, benefits, uh, always look at improving in any aspect, whether that's tools, technology, um, how can we support them? You know, um, how can, how can we as an organization support them in their growth and, and make this a fun, great place to work at, uh, enjoyable. And, you know, there's that path for them. They can, they could see it and they see us actively, uh, pushing them to be better and to grow within the organization and
0: within the company and in their career. So I want to talk a a little bit more about um, the company that you work for, which is BDR, but stands for Business Development Resources. Um, So what, what kind of services does BDR provide that can assist business owners with overcoming some of these issues that we've spoken about here today?
1: So one of the biggest things that we can do is uh you know get get anybody on our coaching program. And what that is is uh traditionally it's 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 a bi-monthly uh meeting uh with a head coach that uh is anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half long, happens a couple couple times a month, um uh in in addition to what we would call we call that our head coaching program. In addition to our head coaching program, we've got some other specialty coaching programs. Um, uh, Another one is our financial coaching program where we've got a dedicated uh, group of individuals that, uh, that are way smarter than me when it comes to the accounting practices and making sure that, uh, you know, when we're going and looking at pricing and all that stuff, we've got everything flowing into the right buckets so that we know exactly where we're at and where we need to be at co- uh, concerning pricing. Um, kudos to them because they, they do a lot and, uh, and I couldn't do that. Um, so that's another, that's our financial coaching um, beyond, uh, our two kind of, uh, primary, uh, coaching roles with head coaching and financial coaching. We also have some, uh, some specialty coaching, uh, which is sales coaching, um, labor management coaching or installation department coaching, uh, as well as service coaching, uh, where you, where you're working kind of with that dedicated service coach. And that's, that's more of a targeted or sales coach or a labor coach that's targeted at your service, your install, um, and your sales departments um but but the head coaching kind of encompasses all of it and then a lot of organizations as they grow and now we've got dedicated departments and we've got dedicated managers now we add you know for that new service manager we add that uh that that service coach and now that service manager has their own coach so yeah it's like i said uh for me um and being a client of bdrs for about 11 years before coming on board I couldn't have done it without them. Um, and, and with their guidance and all of this, and like I said, really helped us to avoid a lot of the mistakes that we were probably going to, uh, head towards, or that was gonna That would be inevitable was coming. Um, and I knew that, um, and I believe in coaching, uh, and I knew it was going to be something that was going to benefit us and it sure did. It sure did. So, uh,
0: for anybody who's made it this far, um, or is watching this as a clip, there is, uh, links laid out below to uh, check out the coaching services that BDR provides and and obviously a link to the website. Um, but Sean, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining me on the show today and, uh, and wanted yeah. to give a special shout out to all of our listeners. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and we will be back with another episode of Business Savvy soon. So be sure to check out previous episodes of our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and the Ring Savvy YouTube channel. See you next time, everyone.